Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. <laughs> Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. This is your host, Brittany Crossan. Thanks for being here. Episode 22. Wow. I am so thankful to be here with you. Um, I want to just dive into some real talk. Okay. So it's early April 2020. So if you're listening to this in the future, um, you will remember in April of 2020, we were all chilling at home um, for the most part, um, you know, for the coronavirus pandemic. And so that's what we're in the middle of right now. So that's what I want to just go ahead and address right now. Um, First of all, I want to go ahead and let you know that my family and I are doing really well. Um, My husband is still uh, having to go to work as an essential worker. Uh, His workplace has done amazing things to make it safe and to keep everyone away from each other. And like, I mean, they don't even close doors. Doors are propped open at the beginning of the day, so nobody even has to touch a doorknob. You don't have to share any office space. I mean... they've just done a really good job. So I'm thankful for that. Um, my kids and I are at home every day, all day, every day, all day, all night, 24 seven. Um, and, um, you know what? It's fine. It's good. I'm so thankful we can be here. I'm so thankful that we have a house. Okay. This may sound cheesy, whatever, but it's true. I'm so thankful we have a home. I'm so thankful that I'm capable of of even being here with them and helping them with their schoolwork. I'm I'm able to to still run my business, which I'm so thankful is based upon online services. I mean, I have so much to be thankful for and um it does not go unnoticed. That's for sure. And if you like me have so much to be thankful for, this is the time to feel it and to live in it and to count your blessings. Um it just, if, if we can just remember those simple things to be thankful for, it's funny because the simple things are really everything, right? <laughs> to have a home, to have work or a job, to have good health, to have each other, to hang out, uh, to have food. I mean, those things are simple, but they're everything. So anyway, I just, I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing wonderful. If you're not, hey, look, this shit's hard. And, um, I just want you to know I'm sending you love. I hope you can feel it. I'm here. I'm here for you all the time. Speaking of this wild pandemic going on, if you have not listened to episode 20, please do so. Um, I specifically created that kind of last minute when all this started, um, to, to be able to really address specific things that you can do on social media right now for your business, because it's a weird time. It's a difficult time. It's extremely difficult for some businesses. And I just thought the least I could do is give you a specific list of things that could be done with social media that can be super helpful 
for your business. So please go back and listen to episode 20 if you haven't yet. Um, If nothing else, hopefully it just gets your gears turning and gets you brainstorming and really just kind of gives you a push in the right direction. And a little housekeeping here. I want to make sure and remind you that if you listen to the show uh, with an Apple device, if you listen through iTunes, please go and leave the show a review. I'm doing iTunes uh, review shout outs. So right now, if you leave a review on iTunes, and like write out, you know, a few sentences for the show in your review. I will read it on the show. I will give you a shout out on the show. You can you can DM me on Instagram. So I have your Instagram handle. I'll tell everybody your handle. That way they can come find you and follow you. And maybe you can meet some new Instagram friends as well. Um, so yes, please leave those reviews and please subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you like. Um, subscriptions are so important because it helps it deliver the show to your device automatically every Monday when a new episode comes out. You don't have to even remember. It just pops up and it's like, oh, look, there's a new episode of the Social Sunshine Podcast. Magic. (laughs) So definitely subscribe, leave those reviews, follow Social Sunshine Podcast on um, Instagram and on Facebook. I love you guys. Thank you so much. And for something a little lighter real quick, just a little fun. So y'all have been keeping y'all up to date on my clean crafted wine journey here. Um, If you haven't heard me talk about it before, basically, um, first of all, I'm a wine lover for the record. If you've been following me on social for like two seconds, you probably know that. Um, But what I've discovered more recently is something called clean crafted wine. And so Basically, the whole deal is that this is wine that's made without any extra junk at all. It's pure, beautiful, delicious wine. Okay. So, unfortunately, a lot of mass produced wines, they um, like they'll add extra sugars and preservatives and, and things that just is like junk. And um, sadly, some people drink those kind of wines and end up not feeling so great <laughs> the next day. Um, even if you don't drink that much, you know, and it's just nice to know with a clean crafted wine that you don't have to worry about all the extra crap in the wine. And also what's really special about it, you guys, what I have really become obsessed with is that they support smaller family owned vineyards. And that's super special to me because, well, I come from a family business as you might know, and it's just, It's just amazing. So, and it's delicious wine. So, anyway, the whole point is that I ordered some recently because we're trying to get things delivered during this whole coronavirus thing. And I mean, wine delivery is like the best thing ever. So, (laughs) I recently ordered some because I tried canned wine for the first time. What? It was bubbly, it was like sparkling white wine in a can. Oh my God, I don't ever have to drink beer ever again. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. There's a few beers I like. There's a few, but like usually I'm not really into it. And, um, this is kind of that same vibe, you know, cause it's in a can, it's got bubbles. It's oh, so delicious. So of course I had to order more of their canned wine and then I ordered, you know, a few other bottles as well. <laughs> Gotta keep it stocked. Um, if you want more information about clean crafted wine, all you got to do is go to brittanycrossin.com slash wine. Oh, and speaking of the, I, I mentioned the smaller uh, family owned vineyards and family businesses and all that stuff. So my guest today 
speaking of family business, is none other than my own father, the owner of the family business that I grew up in, which is still operating today. Um, I started working there when I was a teenager. And actually, I still contribute to the business, albeit not a huge contribution, (laughs) but um, I like to still be involved. So I do a little bit of remote work for, for my dad's business still. My brother works there also. And um, yeah, so my dad is the guest today, you guys. I was going to have him on the show way later. We um, There wasn't really a rush. And then all this coronavirus stuff happened and so many businesses are having to like figure out products and services to add, or they're having to make shifts or pivots um, in their business to adjust to this, to be able to stay in business. And my dad is like the freaking master of that shit. I mean, he has done so many things over all the years that he's owned his business, which has been like more than 37 years. Um, And he's really done the whole like making changes and shifts and all that. Uh, He's really done all that really well. So I wanted to have him on the show to talk to you about that and just give you some cool stories of things he's been through and how he added things to his business over the years whenever you know, there were hard times. And he also ended up really providing some inspiring words, which doesn't surprise me because he was always really good. He still is really good at talks, you know, (laughs) maybe that's why I like to talk so much, but he does a good job at really, um, inspiring us as small business owners and giving us some real good examples of things that we can do right now during this difficult time. So without further ado, (laughs) I'm going to let you listen to the interview between me and my dad, Dave Alston. And uh, remember to stay tuned for after for today's social spotlight. So I want to talk to you real quick about Canva. So as small business owners, most of us are not like super fancy graphic designers, and it's really not easy to learn complicated software. So that's where Canva comes in because we all need to make social media posts. We all need to make some graphics. We all need some cover photos, some flyers, some digital art, right? And Canva makes that easy. Canva Pro starts at only $9.95 a month, which is actually a steal, but you can try it for free for 30 days and support the podcast. So all you've got to do is go to socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. That's socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. I hope you love it. Today's guest is the owner of Signal Electronics in Freeport, Texas, a business he started in 1982. He's worked with clients, big, small, and in between all over the world to help serve their marine electronics, security, and communications needs. This small business owner of nearly 38 years has mastered the art of pivots and shifts in business, which is exactly what he's going to help us with today. Please welcome to the show, my dad, Dave Alston. Hi, Dad. Uh, uh, Brittany, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. This is uh, Dad's first podcast appearance. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm so excited that you are on the show. We were chatting before we started recording, and my kids are here as right now. What is this? This is the beginning of April 2020, if you're listening later. So we're in the middle of the coronavirus stuff. My kids are here. Everybody's kids are home. And so hopefully they don't 
Hopefully they just stay watching their movie. <laughs> well, they're probably not, but uh, if they come in, well, they'll just add flavor to the whole thing, right? Right. They'll be like, why is Papa on the podcast? Um, <laughs> okay. So first of all, um, l- let's just start telling everybody like an overall idea of what, what you do, like why you started Signal Electronics <clears throat> in the first place, how, like what even got you there. I remember you telling me the story, but I want you to share it. Okay. Well, it was a couple of years ago. (laughs) I decided to go to electronic school. So just ready to finish up high school and didn't really have any plans. And this opportunity came up to go to electronic school in Dallas. And I'd never really had any interest in electronics, but I knew that going to Dallas sounded like a lot of fun. So I signed up and I went and it was. So I went to electronic school two years and uh, it just, uh, at the end of the two years, I was ready to graduate. Matter of fact, on graduation day, uh, instead of getting a diploma, I opened up my little envelope when I sat back down and there was an IOU, said I owed the school $28. And as soon as I paid them $28, I could have my diploma. Well, my God. So I slipped out the side door, went up to the office because I didn't have $28. I had enough money to drive back to the Houston area, and that was pretty much it. And speaking to the young lady who was manning the phones and uh, trying to convince her to give me my diploma without the 28 bucks, she got a phone call. And the phone call happened to be a company in Pasadena, Texas, looking for electronic trainees. And so she put them a hold. She said, you know, if I could place somebody in this job, maybe I could get a promotion. I could be in the placement department instead of receptionist. And at that time, I didn't know who it was, where it was. I said, okay, so you're saying if I take that job, you'll give me my diploma and forget the $28? She says, yes. I said, okay, tell them I'll take it. She said, but you don't know what? I said, I'll take it. <laughs> so she, she, she got information, and so I ended up, I got my diploma, kept my 28 bucks of gas money, and started to work in Pasadena, Texas as a marine electronics trainee the next Monday. And that was that was how I got into marine electronics, all uh, well planned out, well thought out. But uh, it, it worked out well. You know, I, I, I worked in that business with that company for about 10 years and uh, was managing the branch operation in Freeport, Texas. And the owner approached me to buy the branch from him. I honestly think he was going to close it, but he was looking for a way to make a couple of bucks instead of just closing it. So I thought that sounded good, like a good idea, as opposed to moving back to the Houston area. I liked Freeport, started my family there and everything. So um, we negotiated, we was working it and things out, was gonna, everything was going to be fine, but it, he changed his mind at the last minute. And so I just decided, well, I had the ball rolling, so I'll just go ahead and I'll just start my own business. So I borrowed a little bit of money from the bank, and one day I was a small business owner with a working force of one. <laughs> and this, um, for the record, is the year that I turned to everybody. So Signal has been in my life almost my literally my entire life. And um, I didn't mention this before, but... I've, I've worked there since I was 16, again, just a few years ago, <laughs> more than 20 years, which is so weird. So, um, well, so we, we practically raised a family there. I mean, ever our business locations, we always had a family area and there was 
place designated for kids. Of course, they were everywhere all the time, but uh, it was just part of the family and part of our lifestyle. And we had a home at home and we had a home at work and it all just kind of worked together pretty good. Right. That Those are my memories of like, um, like that's sometimes where I would watch Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. I don't really remember watching that at home. I remember watching that at Signal yeah. in, in our family room. Yeah. It was, it's so special. Um, <laughs> Okay. So that's a hilarious story. I, that's why I wanted you to tell it. That's so funny that that's how you ended up in the industry that you're in. Um, okay. So let's dive into the topic that I want to talk to you about because you're going to be um, modest probably, but I think that you've done an incredible job at like pivots and shifts and changes and all that kind of stuff over the years. And I've witnessed a lot of it. So as I mentioned right now, you know, we're in the middle of coronavirus mess. Businesses, um, a lot of them are going to have to do something like that. And they're going to have to make a change or add a product or whatever. Um, so, so, tell, so if you don't mind, tell us, like, think of a few of, the one, few of them that you've, you've been through over the years. Like if it was um, for a hardship, you know, something happened, you needed to add a new product or a service, just kind of oh, yeah. give us an idea of the stuff that you've done. Well, of course, our uh, our main business has always been marine uh, marine electronics. We do sales of service on communication, electronics on boats, and uh, but that was always a seasonal and a sick cyclical business uh, because we did fishing boats and we did oil pill boats, and so they would they would have off season for the fishing boats, and the oil business was always changing and coming and going, and. And as a small business that was typically undercapitalized, all we had to have is two of those downtimes happen at the same time, and it caused a problem. So, uh, which happened several times. So, I was looking for something that was not seasonal, not marine, that could be a supplement income. And so, 1985 was when we first started hearing things about cell phones. And uh, so I looked into it and it sounded, well, why not? You know, cell phones are just uh, fancy radios and we knew how to install electronics and we could sell them and we had a place, a customer base. So <clears throat> I made a deal with, back then it was called GTE MobileNet, which is now Verizon Wireless. And we became an agent for Verizon Wireless and uh, it, it grew and grew and it did really well. And that really became the major part of our business with Marine being the smaller part. Uh, it, it, at the same time, we also uh, looked into paging because uh, one of the hindrances to selling a cell phone to somebody back then, because cell phones were expensive, is that they said, well, I'd rather use a pager. So I thought, okay, I got to do something about this paging stuff. So there was a small company in Freeport that had a little small paging business, like 100, 150 customers. Uh, uh, I bought that company out and we started doing pagers. And in the two or three years, we built that 150 customers up to like 3,000 paging customers. So we ran had cell phones and paging at the same time. And all that was fine until paging finally died on the vine. But we did cell phones pretty strong for about 20 years. And then, then the, uh, the carriers started moving away from independently owned agents and doing uh, company-owned stores, and that was pretty much spelled the end to the private business and the paging, I mean, the cellular business. So uh, in the early 2000s is when that basically came to a, an end around 2005, six, seven, and uh, we, we got out of the cellular business, and it was back to straight 
marine electronics and which was fine but uh we had scaled down the business quite a bit and that was fine and so we our, our overhead was low and we could handle it was just a small amount of marine business but that was still the same in the fact that it was one day it was good next day it wasn't and and they when they came up to fracking that really just killed the, the offshore oil drilling business and nobody would drill a well in the Gulf of Mexico when they can do it in East Texas and, and pick it up with a truck instead of having to hire a boat. And so once again, I was really looking for something else and the fishing industry had basically died and I got to looking around and, and I realized that, the, that security was a pretty big deal, especially after 2011, 9-11 and a lot of the businesses were really, security was a big deal and I always wanted to see who looked like it was spending the money when I was broke and there was one one entity that always spent money when everybody else was broke and that was any government local <laughs> state federal didn't make a difference if you were the government you were never in recession there was never a slow time was never an off season you just spent money so <laughs> we needed to be in the security business and we needed to find a government to be our customer and that opportunity came uh, back in uh, mid 2000, 2006, 7, 8. And we got our first little job that was uh, security related and was involved in local government. And that worked out well. We just kind of kept moving in that direction, expanded until we, we, we managed to land several really nice federally supported contracts and uh, security business was was became a permanent part of our business and still is today so uh it, it was mainly done out of uh necessity uh and but we were lucky enough that we would look around and and find something that that was within our realm of knowledge that we didn't have to spend a lot of money to to start off into a new endeavor and able to get smart as we could and, and on that subject and 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 it was fairly easy transition once you got wrapped around the fact that it was okay to change what you were doing right well and it's like you you um you basically like you just said you you're taking <clears throat> something that you're you're basically taking a, an ability of yours or a skill or something seeing how you can stretch it <laughs> and uh, then use it towards something else and like you said like you're following the money that's so smart uh, you know, and not everybody looks at it that way and is open-minded enough to go, hang on, what can I do with my abilities or my talents or, you know, whatever? Well, you know, so, so many people seem to tell stories about how they always knew they wanted to be a doctor. They always knew they wanted to be an architect or uh, an actor or a musician or something. And so they have this road laid out in front of them and it kind of dictates what they do. I really never had that. I just kind of, Ended up in business because I, I needed to keep making an income for myself and my family. And uh, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I liked the challenge. And I ended up enjoying electronics. So I didn't really look at signal electronics as being a direct path that only involved boats or only involved any particular thing. It was, it was a, a partner in my life that helped me support myself and my family and I didn't give it any restrictions. So it, <clears throat> I always considered it, uh, you know, you, you need to look at your small business, whether it's just you or anything else. It's a means of transportation. 
It's not the highway. It's what you use to go down the road. I mean, but don't be afraid to cross over the white lines, even the yellow lines, or just get off road. Just use that vehicle to take you where you want to go. And you, you could figure it out as you want to go. I found out that customers, customers want to deal with people who have confidence that make them feel confident and you don't necessarily have to be the smartest person around in order to have confidence. So mm -hmm. I, I learned early on how to talk a good talk and then <laughs> I would lock myself away and I would figure out how to do it. And then I would figure out how to walk the walk. So, you know, I would get customers by showing them confidence that I could take care of their problems and I would keep customers by just doing a good job. And it didn't really matter to me whether I, I knew everything I needed to know about the job because I was going to figure it out. And that was part of the fun is that I can tell you how many times I've done projects where before the project started, I really didn't know anything about it. And when we started, there was no internet. So learning through things was not that easy. Nowadays, you know, you know, give me a couple of hours and a good internet connection and I could become an expert on a lot of stuff. Pretty cool. <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun and you just don't need to give yourself any restrictions. Just say, well, I need to make money. I need to occupy my time. I enjoy whatever your motivation is. It's fine. But just say your business is your partner and it's your, it's your means of transportation and then take it wherever you, wherever you need to go. That's awesome. I agree with you. Um, you, it's funny that you say that that about limitations and stuff because in now <laughs> side note, everyone, my dad is not near as active on social media as I am. <laughs> so, uh, let me fill you in dad. Um, a very, a, a, a big thing. I, I hate to call it a trend. It's not a trend necessarily, but a thing in the online marketing world that, that uh, kind of leaders, I guess, encourage people to niche down. Um, and I think that, that that guidance gets confused or screws people up. You know what I mean? So is it bad to have a niche? Of course not. Like marine electronics for you is clearly a major niche. I mean, that's very specific. Not everybody has a boat to put electronics on, but, um, the fact that you decided, well, I got to be open-minded. I've got to make money. I've got to, you know, keep going. Then you branch out. So I, I think people end up taking that. You need to have a niche thing a little too far. And, and I mean, I've actually seen people say you don't want to be the jack of all trades, but I think you kind of do, but maybe like behind the scenes, <laughs> right. you know? Well, you know, you, you need to, like I said, don't put any limitations on yourself. And, and, uh, there was another story besides the security and the cell phones and stuff in which, uh, we went off in a different direction and that's, it was a technology direction involving the internet. And that was, uh, online sales. And, we didn't know anything about online marketing. We didn't know anything about uh, selling stuff over the internet. We just knew that we were losing business because there was companies out there doing it and we weren't doing it. We couldn't be competitive. So we decided, uh, uh, and, and you were very active in the decision that if you can't beat them, join them. So we decided that we would figure out how to do it when we started an online uh, electronics business and, and, it wasn't extremely successful, but you 
built that from from ground zero, doing everything that you and I have just talked about. We learned all the, all the things to do and all the things not to do. Made a lot of mistakes, lost some money, and but made a little bit of money. But that was kind of the beginning, I think, of where you realized the potential of, of tying business to technology and the internet and you built our, our, our social media, our Facebook pages. Whenever Facebook first came out, uh, I remember you studying and learning how to do that and how, how to how to get customers and how to how to attract visitors to websites and stuff. But even though my business does not largely depend upon social media, I have to have a social media presence. I, and I accepted that a few years years ago and even though you probably pushed me and kicking and screaming in that direction, uh, it was it, even though that even though most of our customer relationships are face to face and they call me on the phone. If I don't have a social media, whether that's a, a website or a Facebook page, or whatever, if I don't have that, then I don't. I, it doesn't give the right impression. Customers may not. I mean, they may not come to me and I may not conduct a lot of business on there, but they check me out. If they can't find me on Facebook and they can't find me on the internet and they don't see, uh, uh, they can't, can't find out the basic, at least the basic information about who I am, what I do, what I've done before, then they don't consider me viable and they don't, they, uh, it's, you, you just need to have it or you're not going to be competitive out there, whether you, all of your business on the internet or just a part of it. It's a necessary part of the whole puzzle bit together or that you have to have someone like Brittany that if uh, that points you in the right direction keeps you on track and shows you where you need to go because it, there's not a business out there that doesn't need it it's just that we all need it to different levels and someone you know that's what you've become good at is helping people figure out how it can get them where they want to need to go how much of a presence they need and not make them have to become experts at it. And that's, that's what it is. I'm, I'm an expert at too many things. I don't have enough room in my brain for something else. So you take care of that for me and do it very well and appreciative of it, but it's a big part of our business. Well, and you're right. And it's good to say that because there are still, believe it or not, even though social media is so common, there are still a lot of business owners that resist it. I mean, most of my clients are made up of people that don't want to screw with it, you know? And, and, uh, so yeah, no, you're right. No matter who you are and you need to have it. I wanted to ask you something about something you said earlier before we're, before we're done. Actually two more things. If that's okay. (laughs) So you talked about having confidence, um, especially when you're like kind of consulting with a customer and you're talking about the plan and all that, because clearly, like you said, people want to work with someone confident. Um, I know you and I know that you're naturally confident and I'm naturally confident. So it's kind of hard to, (laughs) not everybody is basically, but can you, is it, what, what do you think makes that happen? I mean, do you think that like, it just comes from like, I need to pay bills, so I better act like I have my shit together? (laughs) Or do you, I mean, what, how do you, do you have any tips on somebody who like, for somebody that is, is nervous about trying to have that brave face in their business? Well, you're right. It's like a lot of other things. Some things come more natural to other, but it, I don't think confidence came to me. Now I'm still got plenty of times where I'm insecure about one thing that we all are, but I, I, put, I could put it into perspective and it, I don't, it doesn't scare me anymore to have new and different things come up because uh, I, 
once you make, once you're successful at solving one problem, your first little business problem will come up. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. You just learn from that one. You, you find, you find a problem, do some research, find you a mentor, get some advice, solve the problem and log that down. And you put that one behind you. And then the next one might be a little bit bigger problem, but, and the only way you can build confidence if you're just not naturally someone who has an abundance of confidence is is start small, solve problems. And next thing you know, it's kind of like you'll look around and you'll realize that, well, somebody will tell you when you least expected that. How did you learn so much about what you do? Right. You seem so confident. So and yeah. you're going, oh, you look around and say, are you talking about me? Talking about me? <laughs> yeah. But, so it, it happens. And, and I've, I've you recognize this. I heard you say it before, and I, it's something I've always believed in, too, is that we always think everybody else is so smart. And there's a lot of smart people out there, but there's a lot of people who just don't really have <laughs> both oars in the water. And it, when you do, I've been fortunate enough to deal with some people in really big companies from time to time. And if you really dig deep and you pay attention, it's just almost scary sometimes how little they know about what they're doing. And they know nothing about what you're doing. Even if you don't know that much, you're yeah. always more knowledgeable than anybody else. And the first thing is, is that put on that face, look confident, sound confident, cut the conversation short. Don't, uh, don't get in trouble saying too much <laughs> too soon. Know what to say and what not to say. And then build your knowledge and then pass that on. And it's not that difficult. Everybody can do it. You just got to do it a little steps at a time. And, and you'll, next thing you know, you'll, you'll be an expert in your field. Okay. I love that. That was perfect. Exactly what I was hoping for. Um, okay. Last thing. So like, like I've mentioned, the, the coronavirus pandemic is happening and business owners are going through a lot. A, a lot of business owners are. Um, can you speak to anybody that's like about making those pivots and those changes and shifts and stuff in business? Like what, I don't know, any sort of tips or words of wisdom? Like when you start making a change like that in your business, I assume it's not just smooth sailing right away, right? Like it, so if it doesn't feel easy or if it's a little bumpy at first, um, I would assume you would say, keep moving forward. Any words of wisdom on that process? Well, I'm fortunate enough to be old enough and have been in business long enough to have a, a, a long ways to look back. And I can remember having problems and, and financial problems where I'd be sitting by myself in my office at midnight looking at financial statements and not knowing how the heck I got myself in this trouble, much less how I'm going to get out. Since I'm still here, then obviously somebody figured out something. So you, even situations like this, this coronavirus thing, you don't have to know exactly how you're going to come out on the other side. The most sometimes the most important thing is just survive today, survive tomorrow, maybe look at the day after tomorrow, next week, and just say, I don't know what's going to happen, but by God, I'm going to be here when it's all over with. And there's even in this, even in bad situations like this, you can find some sort of way to turn it a little bit to your favor. I mean, it's it's horrible that people are sick. It's terrible that people are dying, and Everybody wishes that wasn't happening, but there's a situation somehow or another where you, what you do, what you know, your business, somehow or another, you could participate in a positive way in this. And 
you don't, don't know what it is. You just have to, all you have to do is be prepared when the opportunity comes up and keep your eyes and ears open because the opportunity is going to come up. And in the worst times, try to figure out a way to optimize everything. When, when you can't make more money, sometimes you just need to say, well, I can't save any today, but I, mean, I can't make any today, but maybe I'll save some today. So saving money is just as good as making money sometimes when times are tough. So you know, just the, your goal is simply to be here when it's all over with and but find a way to participate with what's happening around you right now. Just it's something really bad, but figure out a way how you fit into that situation and what your customers need. People don't hire you because of specifically what you sell or the service. You, people hire you to fix their problems. And so you just have to listen and pay attention. What is your customer's problems and what can I do to be part of the solution? And then the business will take care of itself. So your customers are still out there. They've got problems now. Maybe they're a little bit for different problems than they were three weeks ago, but they still have problems. And if you can do just this much to make their problems a little bit better, you're in business and, and you'll find it. And, and you just, just like to tie the knot in the rope and hang on because when it's all over, we're going to all still be here. And if you're really smart and you pay attention, you'll be in better shape on the other end than you were when you started in. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I grew up with. Wonderful talks like that. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, I try it with my kids. I don't know if they appreciate it yet, but maybe they'll get there. Um, well, um, I know you got to go, Dad. <clears throat> so we'll stop there. I think that's a perfect place to stop. Thank you so much. I just, I thought like you guys, I was going to have my dad on the show later. We weren't really in a hurry uh, to do it. But when all this stuff started happening with the pandemic, I was like, oh man, okay, <laughs> now is the time to try to help somebody. Because if even just one person today got some more hope for their business because of the situation, we check, we, you know, goal accomplished. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, Dad. Uh, well, thank you. Well, hang in there and we'll all beat this Kung Flu one way or the other. Totally. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how cool is that, you guys? I mean, I know I'm going to be a little more excited than you. <laughs> it's my dad, not yours. But man, it was so exciting to have him on the show. And it just like, it was so special. I almost got a little emotional whenever he was talking. Um, so anyway, so I hope that that was really valuable for you. And now I want to do today's social spotlight. Today's social spotlight is like a social media buddy of mine, actually. His name is Mikhail, and he is the president of Blue Light Media. Um, they are over in California and do some really cool stuff. And he's my social spotlight on Instagram because, um, well, I love to follow him. Most of his Instagram posts these days are actually... Um, text, their quotes, their words. <laughs> but that's actually what I'm really loving. Uh, the things that he's saying, the advice that he's offering, these words are just so powerful and so real. And I relate to literally like almost everything he's saying. <laughs> um, so if you are an entrepreneur and you're not following him, come on, you got to be following him. So on Instagram, go to Instagram, excuse me, go to at M-I-Q-K. Okay, his name is Mikhail, but it's at M I Q K. Okay, and um, you're you're gonna be so happy you did. I want you to follow him. I want you to send him a message. Tell him that you 
found out about him on the Social Sunshine Podcast. Um, and and really just dig his post every day. Also, he does really great stories, and um, definitely definitely don't miss those. I love his stories about earn your sunrise. So he's always like working out really really early in the morning, and he always includes a little video. It's just a really cool way to pump you up at the beginning of the day, and it's all really motivating and inspiring. Plus, lots of good words of advice for business as well. So, all right, you guys. Um, that's it for today's show. Y'all know the deal. We're in the middle of this pandemic and I am at home with my children 24 seven and they are in the next room and, uh, they need me to go do some mom shit. So <laughs> that's what I'm off to do. Thanks for listening. And, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production, funlovemedia.com. Bye.